Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. Otcast. Verb. Interview with artists working today. Otcast. Noun. Insights into the work and process. Hello, and welcome to Otcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Loading. Artist. Audio. Insight. Do you ever do any printmaking? Uh, forgive me for not knowing. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, in fact, um, some of some of my m- more recent work, I've had these sort of monoprinting elements to them. I wanted these these very strong gestural brush marks, and I found if I if I uh, use block printing ink and uh, uh, this rubber squeegee thing, I was able to sort of squeegee out these marks and then print them, and got, they look like you know, archetypical brush marks, but I could never do them with a brush. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I do a little bit of printmaking. Um, yeah, it looked that way, and I, but I wasn't sure. You can hardly tell sometimes on the uh, yeah, individual image, I was, you know. I was sort of, I was actually quite sort of glad it w- didn't seem blatantly obvious because I quite like it sort of being a bit sort of ambiguous I like I mean I was using those sort of printing techniques to try um, and sort of push the sort of gestural mark but I didn't want it to be about printmaking Um, yeah yeah. about about the sort of the the, the marks and also and I use collage but I try and sort of try and sort of like um, hide the, the the fact that they are overly, overtly collage. I mean, if you look close, you can see it's collaged on. But um, again, from a distance, I like it to look like it's all, you know, sp- spontaneous and instant, and uh, and 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 they're not. They're, 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 they're sort of quite. There's quite a process to to those particular paintings. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Well, let me just welcome you to Artcast, Alistair. Thank you. Uh, pleasure. Thank you. Um, yeah. Lovely to be here. Great. So my first question is, when creating a work, do you use any sketches or preliminary work in the process? Yes. Um, I never arrive... um, I never sort of launch straight into the paintings. I find if I do, they they, they invariably get overworked too quickly. So, especially the the more more recent work, um, which which are sort of... um, I tend to work small um, A4 size you know just this sort of uh, 30 centimetres high um, to try and sort of work out w- w- where I want things placed and the sort of the, the sort of the particular sort of marks I want to use and then I get my large canvases and there's then the problem of how do you how do you do you recreate um those effects, which work very well and small, but obviously it's very large gestural movements. So um, I sort of I come up with these little ideas, and then it's the, the the real sort of creative process comes with how to translate those little um, marks into these great big gestural marks without it looking staid or, or, or losing its spontaneity. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, preliminary drawing is very important. Um, uh, small works, uh, doing things in small, and then 
scaling them up is 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 a way that I found that I could um, c- sort of gather my ideas together and sort of um, focus. Right. And uh, it, it, yeah, it was at first when I first started these, I I, I didn't realise how difficult it would be to to recreate the same effect but larger. You know, it's, yeah. it's, when you work um, with very small, um, you can get these very intense colours and these beautiful sharp gestures, and there's this you, you know you can really sort of, uh, and it's all very quick because it's very small. Um, but to recreate that and get that that, that immediacy and that sort of um, uh, brightness um, is actually quite difficult when working big because. Um, you know, you, you, well, for a start, you need a very large brush, and then you need to to, to, to do layers, and it's 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 a whole it's it's weird. It's, it's it's not the same thing. It's like it's a whole different beast. But um, but yeah, I found I found ways I found ways around that. I found well, I found ways to to sort of uh, create um, paintings that that worked well, both small and bigger. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, it's I, I think you're successful in doing that because I feel like, especially the images that you sent me, and granted they're only on, they're not, I'm not seeing them in person, but yeah. they they have, uh, the larger works and the smaller works tend to have the same um, implied scale or, or apparent scale. Yes, well, um, thank you, yeah, and and it actually, it's it's something if anyone wants to try it, it is a really bizarre thing that, and it's, it's it seems... It, well, I mean, when you do it and you realise it seems obvious that they're not going to be the same, and I think it comes down to that sort of the physicality of it. Something really big, you you have to use your whole body, uh, and so yeah, you actually yeah. have to do a different a different movement, a different uh, uh, you you know having to handle the, the brush and the paint uh, in a different way, and it, it's 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 this translation from the, the the small work on paper to to the canvas which which I find absolutely fascinating it's just sort of which sort of it has sort of kept my uh you know my my sort of focus uh, and and passion I, I give you an example i mean i i wanted i was looking at these small these small these small pictures to have this sort of um uh woodblock japanese woodblock effect and I loved these sort of flat colours and these strong outlines, uh, and then the sort of the, the sort of the bright colours and um, and also these sort of like slight blur um, to them. And I, I, they, they sort of Japanese woodblock p- pictures, I think, quite commonly referred to as floating world pictures. Um, oh yeah, and I. Um, how is that? Some, is that something you came up with? Or no, no, no. They, no, it's um, that's what they they're they're, they're known as. Um, I can't I I can't pronounce Jap- J- Japanese words, but the, the word in Japanese is something like ukiyo-e, ukiyo-e, which means floating world. That oh, okay. that these that these are representations of the of of the world inhabited by the artist are not there as trying to be realistic to the nth degree. They're just trying to capture um, that sort of um, transitory beauty of nature, of the mountains, of the, the, the mist, of the, 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 the people going about in the marketplace. Um, and I think that's what I was drawn to, these the Japanese 
uh, woodblock prints is that uh, unlike Western art through history, which has been um, up until the 20th century, um, wait, late 19th century, um, so obsessed with realism, and I mean even in, in classics, the uh, ancient Roman artists would argue with one another and say, "My painting is so realistic, I had a fly land on my apple." <laughs> uh, yeah. Something about uh, European sensibilities, this idea that realism is 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 is, a, is some sort of pinnacle. Art, art historically speaking, I mean, we, we, I think we we sort of moved beyond that you know, hundreds of years ago, or well, hundred years so ago, but um, or with the advent of the, the, the photography, but um, that we still it's still it's still it's still this sort of foundation in in Western culture. Um, this, this, this idea of how does an artist uh, depict the world, and in 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 Western art, as I keep sort of sort of repeating myself here slightly, but keep keep saying is it's is this 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 thing about trying to capture realism. Well, it it seems refreshingly delightful that in in uh, Japanese art and Chinese art and um, art of the Far East. That they they are more into the sort of um, in tune with the sort of spirituality of of a place, trying to capture its essence as opposed to show it in its nth degree, to to, to show its absolute. You know, they're trying to capture a floating world version of it. This uh, this thing that's, that 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 is separate from 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 reality, and and, and they're. Um, the, 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 the drawings, like for example, of a, uh, a tree could just be three simple fluid brush marks. And that's all it needs. It's captured the essence of that tree. Yeah. And it's that aesthetic that I was drawn to, this thing where they didn't need to, 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 to create a tree to look like, a, to look like an absolute, you know, you know, perfect example of a tree where I couldn't tell whether it's a, a photograph or a painting. They, it was definitely you know, a, a print, a painting, and it, and by 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 being true to its painterliness, it it sort of held the um, the artist's uh, spirit, you know, contained the artist's yeah. spirit. It wasn't trying to be. This is my version of the. You know, this is my version of reality. It was. It was. Mm, um, I can put that probably better. It, it was more like the artist's interpretation as opposed to trying to say I've got reality it's, it's difficult yeah. to say I mean I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to sort of it, trying to explain something like that in my head seems quite simple to talk about but actually the, the more I talk to you the, 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 the more I realize I'm, I'm sort of uh, using too many words to, 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 to say something that should really be simple uh, but do, do you see what I mean about this idea that, that the, 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 the woodblock print is a flattened image. It's it's strong, bold outlines. It's capturing just the essence of, of a place, as opposed to every single detail. And right. and yet it has this wonderful quality of the place. And I wanted to take that or elements of that because um, I wanted to, to explore the the the, the, the medium, the, the, the sort of gestural mark and 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 the medium to to, to make the marks and 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 make those the sort of floating um, world where obviously my the, the pictures are abstract but that they sort of have this otherness to them, this 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 sort of 
ethereal and this, this, these sort of like uh, exaggerated sort of gestural marks suddenly act as sort of grammar or punctuation to it so, so they, you feel that there's, that, that there's, there's something um, substantial there and yet it's, 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 it's slightly um, simply stated maybe yeah that could be could be a word could you I, I'm not crazy about the word simply but that just yeah no they are simple and, and there's I, I've tried I've they started off the, the early ones started off being too too complicated, and, and I kept coming back to the, the, my passion for why I was sort of trying to explore this this avenue of painting in the first place, and I kept going back to this thing with with it being about um, these woodblock prints trying to capture the world, the essence, and, and only needing really to use a, a few marks, a few lines to do it. Yeah, yeah, and. and I think I think it's once you can once you can once you can get that simplicity, there's, there's a beauty in that. Yeah, I find that you know, it, um, as far as the palette you use, yeah, uh, pretty regularly, it seems like that that comes across as you know, it's not um, a, the full range of colors that you can possibly come up with. Yeah, but I feel like, in just looking at them, that you imply so much more color. Than you actually have in the piece. Yeah, I um, again purposely uh, reduced my palette um, to a range of uh, of um, reds and pinks and browns uh, and greys. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just uh, and uh, yeah, I like the idea that this is the, um, the, the uh, allowing the, the sort of. The, the, the textures and, and the, the layering of, of the paint to sort of uh, sort of sort of play off each other, and there is a sort of like a, you know a series of, of um, actually there's a lot of color there. I mean it's not like the, there's it's not like I only use three or four colors, but um, that I try and sort of I, I've tried to keep them all sort of very muted. Muted maybe not. Yeah. I've tried to 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 to, to, to keep them uh, as gentle. As I can. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they they just seem like it's it's uncertain how many colors you actually use because it 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 seems much more complex mm. than at face value kind of thing. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I, I, I was doing lots of experiments on these small bits of paper, and I was using these. Uh, block printing inks to 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 paint with and i had a, just a, a basic crimson um a, a, a sort of quite a yellow ochre and um a a, a navy blue and yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and and then then white uh, and later on magenta um and you can i found actually just sticking with maybe the, 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 the red, yellow, blue, I can make all these other colours. I can get these deep, deep browns and these sort of almost uh, black with 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 lots of the blue. And um, uh, and I thought, well, this is this is it. I don't I I'm, I don't want to overdo it because you can you could I want this I want this the sort of thing to to breathe to have a simplicity to run through it. And I wanted the colours to to be simple. But but um, you you know there's so many variants of um red uh, and pink tones you can make from just um the 
Oh yeah, and also actually with the with the white, I used uh, white uh, acrylic primer and um, white uh, printing ink, and the white printing ink is much much more bright white. And it's interesting you have this dull white and this bright white next to it. And when you put um, a bit of pink oil paint next to the bright white, and then you put the pink oil paint next to the, the dull white, that pink looks different. It, it doesn't appear yeah. to be the same pink. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that's, that was something else, again, um, fascinated me. Because I think with these, these paintings, and, you know, it's very these these sort of ideas are sort of normally sort of swimming around in my head. I don't tend to sort of talk about them, so I, I mean, I will try, but what I was really interested in with these paintings is, is, is trying to sort of create my own world, um, this, my own floating world um, that wasn't um, trying to reference a particular landscape or a mountain or a tree, but just to have the sort of airy sort of... Um, environment uh, and I wanted it to have the sort of soft ephemeral quality to it to have it sort of uh, sort of um, shimmering and breathing and moving and I wanted to the, 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 the colors to sort of um, be, be soft but 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 also that there to be enough variation or there's something there to, to keep the keep looking back at it and um, yeah, uh, and I, I like the idea that when you look at it, it's actually your brain has to do a lot of the work. You know, yeah. instead of instead of the artist having to put all these different colours and then and just give it to you on a plate, you look at it and, and at first glance you might not notice. I mean, it's probably impossible with with the, the digital images to send you to see the different whites, white on whites. Yeah, that's and probably that's, the hardest. That's, that's bad because uh, that's for me it's bad because it's 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 a lovely quality. Yeah, um, I, might, I, might, I might I might try and send you a, a small print that shows it better or uh, or maybe even yeah I'll, well, we'll work something out I'll, I'll see what I can do um, if, if you're interested uh, sure yeah the the other good thing about using the the, 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 the printing inks um, is that uh, the, the, these are water soluble ones um, right. they they dry they dry have this sort of velvety flatness to them they're very very matte and um and then you can use a, a paintbrush and, and water and paint uh, on top of them, and they, the water strips away the, the colour to, to whatever's underneath. So if you do the sort of like drip along the top, you get this beautiful um, blur, but this clear, and, and it sort of loses the colour. And you can really, it just, it, it, it just looks very, um, it looks, it, <laughs> it looks like a very difficult thing to, to do with a normal pot of paint and a brush and actually it's really simple um, the, only, yeah. the only downside of these paintings is, is if uh, if they got caught in a flood because they would uh, yeah you can reactivate the ink oh yeah the, I mean the, the ink I think it, it dries um, but if you, if you if you got a wet sponge and scrubbed on it you could scrub the ink off Oh wow! Yeah, it's very, they're very, they're very ephemeral. <laughs> they're very floaty. <laughs> yes, <laughs> even. I mean, I mean, the word of the day. Yeah, so maybe I mean, maybe do think about using some sort of some sort of uh, protective sealant, maybe some sort of spray. But I, I, um, I haven't sort of got to that stage yet. Um, yeah, with, with them. Yeah. Such a final moment to seal something. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Then it's just it's done, and and you know, the, you sort of think well. At the moment, I keep coming back to them and thinking, oh, maybe I could do something else. Maybe I can do the next thing to them. Um, 
But the, the yeah, I, I before this particular series of paintings, um, let's call them floating world paintings. I hadn't. I mean, I hadn't. Um, well, I mean, I've been sort of doing mainly drawing uh, um, with charcoal. Uh, in my studio, and it's sort of been a couple of years, being very frustrated with 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 the paintings I had done, and um, when I did these, I just found I had such a rich body of research to look into. Um, the fact that the, that that I needed, I needed these, I needed in the pictures to have these these uh, very strong gestural brush marks, and I wanted them to be dark but floating on top of the the lighter ground. And yeah. so all the different ways of trying to do it. I got a digital projector, and I, 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 I sort of I got uh, my my computer, and I sort of like found these beautiful but generic brush marks um, online, and I sort of copied them, and I sort of um, put them onto this projector, and I projected them onto my canvas, and I tried to to, to draw them and then paint them on, and that didn't work. Uh, it looked too sort of traced and stayed and the you know you could see the you mean you see me earnestly trying to keep in the lines and it just didn't work and then i i i i I then got this this carbon paper the stuff i use for um typewriters the old stuff where you where you do two you know to get two or three duplicates or triplicates of um letters um yeah yeah i think you can can, i'm probably i imagine you probably still pick it up in 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 stationary shops um places you know the, i i i have this old stack of this carbon paper from from about 10 years ago i don't know if you can still buy the stuff because you know who who uses typewriters these days <laughs> um but this is it's wonderful stuff you basically it's it allows you to monoprint onto onto a canvas or any surface so i got this brush marker printed it out i p- put my carbon paper onto my canvas put the brush mark down and then I press with a biro, a ballpoint pen and I trace out this um, shape and I peel it off and it doesn't bloody work. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Too many, too many, too many layers of, because of, I really wanted the, the surface of the, the canvas to be quite sort of um, spongy with, 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 with um, primer to be sort of like very sort of uh, smooth because if you don't use enough primer I find the canvas you know the the bite of the, the the canvas comes through. You know those little sort of the the texture yeah. of the canvas, and I want it really smooth. So it was too. It so that the um the ink from the the the, the mono paper wasn't doing it. So in the end, I mean, I, I was I was I was loving this. <laughs> this was brilliant for me. I mean, it's, I sound like such a nerd. Um, and I was absolutely really. <laughs> you uh, are an nerd. <laughs> I am, but I am. But <laughs> and uh, so then I thought I sort of like like mad art professor. I thought, all right, okay, throw that one away. Um, I thought, okay, well, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try monoprinting directly onto the canvas. So I got this large, flexible piece of plastic, and I got my um, the, the color just right—the sort of purple black color for mixing the blue, the yellow, and the um, red um, um, block printing ink. What's what sort of block printing ink? And I got my squeegee, and I squeegeed out my shape, and. You know, I thought, yeah, this is the one. This is it. And I then tried to stick the canvas on it. And I, I mean, I, I mean, I could go back to it, maybe try it again. But I'd actually, I'd, I'd actually come to this idea a little bit late. And I'd already, I'd already um, uh, put my canvas onto a box frame, obviously to, to paint. And so it was really awkward. And I couldn't press hard enough 
for the for the print to come out properly. But I got a really nice effect with it. This is sort of like this beautiful speckled effect. It sort of put me in mind of um, uh, a very important artist to me, a, a man that I've met, uh, Sigma Polka. Um, I was fortunate to meet him in, back in 2000 when I was living in Barcelona. He was having a big retrospective at the Miro Foundation, this very, very large, important um, contemporary uh, exhibition space. Um, and he, he's, he's definitely one of my influences because he sort of treats paint like an alchemist. And he, he sort of sort of pushes these, these ideas of collage, but he does it, in, it you know, th- through painterly forms. So he will, he will have this sort of a blow-up of a, um, a 16th century, 15th century German woodblock print, and he'll take a section of this, and then... Oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to describe someone else's work, actually, between my mind. Um, but, yeah, I, when, I, when I was doing my monoprinting onto the canvas, I was peeling it off and... And there was getting these really nice effects, but I wasn't getting that brush mark, that, that brush, that elusive brush mark. Eventually, I thought, well, you know, I, I'm trying to sort of push this idea of collage, um, but in a painterly way. So I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll use these this, these large sheets of plastic, big, um, sort of uh, one meter, one and a half meter size pieces of plastic, and I'll put my ink on them, and I'll squeegee out my mark, and then get these large large sheets of um, really good quality cartridge paper and I got some beautiful beautiful marks some of them you know messed up but some of them were beautiful and I very very carefully cut out um, the the shape and um, oh, okay. then uh, super glued them onto the, the canvas and when it was all pristine in the studio it, it looked it looked wonderful it was beautiful I took them off for um an art fair that I was involved with um, uh, in in March, April, and they looked really good in the space. But in transit, coming back from from that um, exhibition, when I got them back to the studio and I sort of took them out and looked at them again, I realised that the the edges of the paper, because it's such a delicate, uh, you know, ephemeral stuff, it started to fray slightly. It sort of pick up slightly. It it warped a little bit and. I just, yeah, yeah. that's where I'm stuck at the moment I, I'm, I'm loving the effect I just I just now need to find a, a much more durable thing to print on before I stick it onto the canvas so I'm thinking of vinyl or um, some sort of yeah thing. what about um, uh, like a mylar would that work yeah I mean I might try um, that's, a, that's a type of plastic isn't it yeah, and I think there's different. Uh, I think you can get like a matte finish. Yeah, which has a slight tooth to it. Yeah, not sure if they call it matte, but I know it has a slight tooth to it, which might grab your water-based medium quite nicely. I'm, mm. you know, of course, I'm guessing, but that might be something to think about. Yeah, that's that's. How do you spell this, Mylar? M Y L A R. Okay, yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah, that that might that might do the job. Um, and where it's it's like a it's almost like a sheet of plastic. You know, if you were to cut it or you know cut your strokes out of it and collage them onto another surface, the the edges. I'm not sure what would happen to them, but I imagine they wouldn't fray like paper would. Yeah, 
Yeah. That, you get a nice crisp line out of it. That's that's what crisp um, edge, I mean. The other the other thing I was sort of planning to do was looking at laser cutting stuff. Oh maybe, yeah. And and maybe um uh, and again this is another level it takes it to, but maybe it's getting sort of like plywood and um printing um, monoprinting onto the plywood. Well, there again, there'll be problems. I know mean, I shouldn't too much of a problem, but printing these brush marks and then having them very carefully um, laser cutted, la- cutted, <laughs> laser cut <laughs> out. Oh dear, my oh dear, my, my brain's half asleep. Laser cut out, and then that would be really, really nice and and thin, thin. Like uh, not so thin as paper, but you know, thin that, that would would you know be just one ply la- layer. And then have that onto the the, the canvas. Um, yeah, I, I, I see. I like the idea of the, the painting sort of breaking from its boundaries. You know, I, my problem with painting, as much as I love it, it's, it's very much contained within um, a rectangular shape or an oval yeah, shape. Yeah. Um, I always get quite excited when I see someone painting on a canvas and they, they, the brush carries on onto the gallery wall. I, I know it's, <laughs> yeah. done, it's, it's done, it's done, it's done, but I, I just, I love it. An artist, another artist, because I've mentioned Sigma Polka, but I'm going to drop another name, um, who had a big show uh, about eight years ago, seven years ago at Southampton City Art Gallery, a guy called Paul Morrison, does these wonderful uh, videos and um, paintings um, that he creates his own sort of um, fantastical landscapes um, inspired by Walt Disney um, backgrounds, flowers and trees, and Victorian botanical studies. And he simplifies both, and they're he, he he sort of sort of stencils them on or, or paints them very starkly in black and white, almost like well, they're silhouettes. And then he sort of creates this this world, and you can walk into the gallery space and you sort of feel like you're stepping through you know, where, where colours being sucked out, and you're in this sort of weird cartoon world. Um, but it's also real. I mean, it's 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 these, and it's very difficult to tell the difference between the the cartoon trees and 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 the real flowers. And he he plays with with scale. So you 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 stand near this giant flower, and you think to yourself, well. Is this a giant flower, or am I just very close to it? You know, how am I supposed to read it? What's the artist doing here? And you, you sort of realise that he's he's playing with these things. He's he's not giving you, uh, you know, an easy way. You have to decide. And it's very word of the day discombobulating. <laughs> and I like to be discombobulated when I look at uh, artwork. And the problem yeah. with a, a painting within a rectangle, it's it's very it's it's. It's very difficult to, 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 to make it very sort of dynamic. Um, it's possible and people do it, but it's, 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 it, I find it um, hard. So, so ha- having this idea of collage is important to me because I see collage as being a way of breaking away from that, that rectangular surface. It, can, you know, it, it sort of gives it a, a sort of sculptural quality to it. Right, yeah, almost becomes like a relief painting. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then the, the depths are are sort of important to it, and yeah. Um, Ready for another question? Yeah, sorry. I, I, oh no, no, no worries. I just I hope you can sort of edit out, out all the 
<laughs> rubbish. And if you think if you think I'm being too articulate, just quietly sort of like edit in the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Try and do a good English accent and uh, <laughs> I'll or, do my best. Yeah, I'll, I'll just have this voiceover. Um, what the artist really meant to say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry, oh, please. Good. Yeah, next 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 question. Okay. When did you fall in love with art? I feel like you became an artist. Age eight. I did a drawing of uh I think a troll of some sort of <laughs> mythical creature. Oh yeah. And I I I found it this picture book with these fairies and goblins and I did my version of it and um I strolled into the into the into the kitchen and showed my mum, and she was suitably impressed. <laughs> what, that wasn't the thing that made me think, "Oh, I want to do this." What made me really get excited was by drawing the picture of the troll. I stepped into this imaginary world. I created a place, and it was it had infinite possibilities. And so I closed my eyes, and when I have my eyes closed, there's there's no there's no walls, there's no constriction. Yeah. Just, you can just explore, and, and so I found that drawing these these creatures, I could I could create these little sort of fantastical environments in which to in which to 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 um, explore, and I sort of stuck with 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 that sort of fascination um, ever since. Ever since eight. Ever since eight, I've, I've, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't lost this this absolute desire to sort of um, explore one's imagination and and see 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 what sort of new things sort of bloom forth. Yeah, there you go. That's a very definite answer, isn't it? <laughs> well, you answered it so fast that you were definitely prepared. For I that was. One. <laughs> I had. Yes, I had. I had a little think about that b- before. Uh, um, what would you say feeds your work more? Would you say your other work, looking at other other artists' work, oh, or something other than that? Yeah, it's um, it's a. I know you like other artists' work, obviously. Yeah, I, I you know, yeah. I, I always. I find it a little bit. Um, I'm always slightly surreptitious, not surreptitious, slightly dubious of um, of other artists that say, "No, no, no, I just do my own thing," which 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 is fine, and I'm sure that they say it with integrity. But I can't help but think that that um, what we all do has to has to has to bounce off other things, and so I'm deeply fascinated by lots of artists and lots of poetry and music and uh, and all these things stem back into to, to what I do and I, I, I you know there's a saying no man's an island I think it might be Shakespeare who said it um, you know we, we may be this thing stuck in here this uh, thing over here but, 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 but to understand ourselves we, we, we bounce off each other and the world that we, invi- we, we inhabit um, and, and actually I mean that's that again goes back into to, to, to my sort of art practice. I mean, this idea about um, to understand yourself, you you have to sort of you have to sort of understand the world you're in. You have to interact with the world you're in. But yeah. by interaction, you you have a better understanding of yourself. Uh, for example, there's a, a sculpture by Anthony Gormley in the Southampton City Art Gallery, and it's of this figure, no face and arms outstretched 
in in lead, cast in lead with these wonderful sort of very very obvious sort of um, weld marks. That's, arms stretched like it's about to dive and it's raised up on this sort of uh, plank this diving board and um, what I what, what what strikes me about it is is that uh, Gormley seems to be fascinated with the human condition and that to 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 find out how who you are you have to do stuff you know, do you do you dive into the unknown? Do you take that risk? And when you do, you find out actually how brave you are, or how terrified you are. And you you never understand yourself unless you interact with stuff. Um, yeah. Unless you 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 sort of become part of the world. And yeah. And uh, so artists that I'm deeply fascinated with would be I'd go back to saying Sigma Polka, um, Mike Kelly, um, Alvin. I could probably pronounce his name wrong, but Olvind um, Falstrom. Um, oh, and many others. Uh, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, and it changes all the and time. And it changes like all the time. And I, and I'm, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. And different aspects about different artists' work. You know, the the, the way that someone might use color or simplicity of work. All the the process, all the, um, the, the the beautiful logic, or, or the games they play within it, or the the psychology that they employ, and yeah, yeah. I, I think I think maybe my problem is I like too much and too many things, and maybe that artist that I was dubious of at the beginning, saying that they just focus on their own stuff means that they throw themselves so deeply into their own stuff that they come up with completely, wonderfully original, powerful stuff, and maybe, maybe I'm too, uh, too, 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 too stretched. But uh, that's, that's something for me to play with and deal with. <laughs> I think one of the interesting things is, is when you find work that you respond to, and you may have even felt that it's very similar, it's, you have like mixed emotions about it. I'm not not to say that the that that's a bad thing, but the, I think the good side of that is that you you feel like someone you're you're jiving with that person you you somehow have a similar language while, without even have having met each other before mm. or having seen the work before, mm. and then you have this this record of. A language that's very similar. Yeah, it's 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 suddenly you find someone who who shares the same uh, sort of um, keep using the word sensibilities, but I think I think that word, word works. That's it's, a great word. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's it, it, we I, I do find lots of people. We, we all have our, our sort of different takes on things. We 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 will uh, um, approach our, our art making with our own particular baggage and agenda. And it's always, I always sort of am fascinated when, when I see something twinkling and sparkling and, and funny and beautiful, and someone else sees it too, because there's many people who will, who will look and say, oh, don't really get that, don't really like that. That's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I could sort of, sort of look at this sort of painting, which is sort of like sort of glowing and glistening and oozy and you know delicious, and someone else would go, that's just a splat. <laughs> For me, I'm like in my head. I'm going, no, but it's a beautiful splat. 
Um, but they, you know, they, so someone else who comes along and says, "I agree." It, it, that's a, it's that that's a very um, it's a very uh, powerful thing for me you know, to have other people sort of seeing magic where other people might miss it. What is the most experimental thing you've done to a work? It could be even something that you've never shown. I, I did this one one thing, which I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And I think I think if I'm going to say anything experimental, I think it comes down to experimental for me. I mean, doesn't even, it doesn't need to have to be successful. But it just means it needs to be for me. I put myself really out of my comfort zone to explore this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Bearing in mind that I sort of have this thing about trying to sort of understand myself in the in the greater world. Excuse me. I wanted to um, explore this idea of um, doing a performance art piece, and I was fortunate enough to be given the show in Barcelona, part of a gallery actually tied in with the university campus. This place called uh, uh, Gallery Gallery Panorama. Um, or the Panorama Gallery, and you you were given the space, and they say, right, do whatever you like, and every Thursday, a different a different student, I was studying work for my masters at the time, was given the given a chance to have a week long show. And the private views tend to be monumentally epic, with people drinking large amounts of kava, and the you know they get packed. So this is an opportunity for you to try out something, and. Right. I, everyone was being very safe, and I thought, well, I'm on this this course here. Yeah, like, uh, let's let's do something really, really outside your, outside your safety zone. So, I remembered trying to go back to my childhood. I remembered when I was about three or four, I had this idea that I was a superhero, but <laughs> it it wasn't a developed idea. I hadn't left the nursery as it were so my superhero weren't these sort of heroic characters like Spider-Man or Superman I had been given by my mum a puppet called Lamb Chop a sock puppet and so I decided as a superhero at the age of three that I was Captain Lamb (laughs) I I don't know if I had any superpowers uh, but I, I did know that, that it was Captain Lamb's responsibility to, to save the world. And I had an outfit uh, that I had cobbled together. I uh, got this white vest and a pair of white Y-fronts. And I got this white shower cap and uh, oh, a great. white sock put either side. And a, a white <laughs> sock on either hand to form this sort of like, you know, cheap... Tr- Trotters, are they? I don't know, the ungulates or whatever. Uh, white pair of socks pulled up to my knees, and that was it. I thought I looked the business here. <laughs> and yeah. I, I also, the other thing which, which for me was really important is uh, anonymity. All right? That Captain Lamb, like uh, Clark Kent and Superman, had to have an alter ego. So my Captain <laughs> Lamb costume had to be hidden, and I, I, I was living in, in Cape Town at the time. This is when I was three years old. And um, at the end of the front yard, as you have the sort of mailbox, um, and I stored my my outfits in there. And uh, uh, so what I would do is I'd have my tricycle. Um, it must be must be a little bit more than three. It must be four, maybe even getting on for five. Thinking about it, I had my tricycle um, by the front gate, and I would run out of the house just in my swimming costume or underpants, like run, 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 
<laughs> grab, grab, get to the, to the mailbox, no one's around. Quickly don the outfit, hop on the tricycle and zoom down the road um, to the corner shop. And I just felt fantastic. I was Captain Lamb. And I really, really felt fantastic until halfway down the road, I suddenly realised everyone was staring at me. <laughs> I, saw, I felt terrible. I felt so embarrassed and humiliated. And I looked down. I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm riding around on my tricycle in my underpants <laughs> with a yeah, 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 the, yeah, socks yeah, on the shower cap. Appendage. And so I sort of slunk home and took my outfit off. And I never, never, re, you know, never, never sort of wore it again. And I actually felt anger. I felt bloody hell. Why? Why is society? I didn't think. I didn't think quite so clearly as this. Um, I didn't, didn't think. Why is society treating me this way? Um, at the age <laughs> oh, of four. But I, I, I do remember this pang of anger, thinking, why won't? Why can't I just be what I want to be? Why can't I be Captain Lamb? And yeah. uh, unfortunately, um, on my MA, I re, re, I remembered this idea. I, rem- I thought, well, bloody hell, why can't I just explore this now? I, I'm, I've got a, I've got a, I've got an audience. I've got a space. Maybe it's time to be Captain Lamb again. I hadn't rehearsed anything. I just thought, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to just tell the world that I, I want to be Captain Lamb, and hopefully they will get it because they'll see that you know. You know, that, that the artist is trying to sort of get us to think about um, identity and, and, and actually why can't we be what we want to be, um, especially in the context of a gallery space. So um, but then I thought to the last moment, oh, I, can't just, I can't just go and stand there because I've got nothing, no speech to make, nothing to say. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, um, I'll have some props just in case. So I found <laughs> this... Uh, in this sort of like uh, pile of rubbish outside the studio, I found this picture of some sort of um, guru of sorts. I'm not sure who he was or whatever, but he looked he looked sort of like sage-like and wise. And so I sort of wrote a big speech bubble saying, um, Captain Lambs is, is coming to, 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 to tell us all something. And I hung it in the gallery, you know, as a prelude to the show and made posters of this guru saying, you know, you know, come hear what Captain Lamb has to say. And I went and took them and disseminated them and through the, the, the lower quarters of Barcelona. Um, and, uh, and then right at the very last moment, I decided, no, I really still don't have enough props. So I went into one of these small um, Chinese um, supermarkets and I found these little um, mechanical cats. You wind them up clockwork and they sort of go, meep, meep, and then they do a little somersault. Oh great! And I got about twenty of those. Just, I mean, this was really. I just. I, I just. Were those your minions? Those were my minions. <laughs> they were. They were. They were my acolytes. My. Uh, yeah. They were. They were the things that to sort of like you know, you know, sort of course their their approval that Captain Lamb has has come out and he wants to be Captain Lamb and no one has a damn right to tell him not to be, and so I set them all up. Um, and uh, the idea, I thought I'd come on, come on stage, and. I'll make some sort of dramatic sort of sort of sort of thing. I'll I'll shout. I'll scream. I will say, you know, this is who I want to be. Um, uh, and then I thought, at the end of it, I'll smash up all the cats because you know that wow. anger I had, and you know, from the 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 thing. So, um, so <laughs> I find myself at seven o'clock in the toilets of the gallery uh, in a pair of underpants. <laughs> White vest, white shower cap, uh, and sock under either side. 
hands sweating. The whole gallery was stuffed with people. And they have this um, staircase uh, leading up to a, 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 um, a mezzanine office on the other side. So people were actually up the side of the staircase looking down yeah. into the performance space and looking down into the gallery space, waiting for Captain Lamb to, 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 uh, to appear <laughs> and, and to, to sort of elucidate and, and enlighten. Ah, uh, I was I was terrified, and then I sort of made my entrance. Um, and all the, I had a friend who had actually said, "I said, like the friend, look, can you go in there and just turn on all the cats, get them all doing it?" And the, the audience, hilarious, they were laughing, they're finding that brilliant because the guy was trying to set these cats, and the cats were falling over, and then ping, 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 yeah, them all, yeah. all over. So it was like trying to herd cats, and it was it was really, <laughs> and that, that was it was beautiful and was working, but it was completely accidental. I mean, I just thought they'd go in there like quietly set them up and. People would be smirking. So I rush on, and uh, in my sort of uh, absolute terror, I just started shouting, I'm Captain Lamb! I'm Captain... Then I realised I actually had nothing else to say. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> and I was met by absolute ho- horror and silence. Just these people just not knowing what to do. And I thought, God, they... They're, they're really either getting really into this or they or they really are, you know it's, it's awkward and I thought I'll try and get them to chant you know you know come on get, get, come with me help me along this journey I want to be Captain Lamb <laughs> so I was like Please. Captain Lamb Captain Lamb nothing and then I saw wow. my friend uh, a guy called Pete Stott he's very north of England from a place oh. called Burnley and he's very very serious and um, so I saw him he saw his bald, glowing head, and I thought, oh, oh, here we go, I've got my oasis amongst this desert of, 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 of um, you know, blank eyes, and I called up to Pete, and I said, Pete, join with me, chant, I am Captain Lamb, and he went, no, sorry, Ali, <laughs> I don't do things like that, and I, I, I fell out of character, because I was not expecting him to, to sort of like, you know, you know, not give me that sort of hand up. I went, oh, okay, so, sorry, Peter. <laughs> and I, so I thought, no, I can't say that. I've got to speak. So I, I got that anger pang. It came back, that same feeling I had when I was four and realised that people weren't going to let me be what, they, what I wanted to be. They didn't want to even let me be what I wanted to be in this experimental performance space. And so um, I rushed forward where I hid in this little hammer to smash the cats. I grabbed the hammer. And I mean, I was screaming. I was almost tears in my eyes. And there was a huge... <gasps> And the audience thought, oh my God, he really is mad. <laughs> and I rushed <laughs> off and I started smashing up the cats. And I was expecting there to be cheers and whoops and hot... Nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. <laughs> and I finished and I said, oh, okay, right, um, okay. And then I just ran off and went and hid back in the toilets. And I stayed in there for about an hour. <laughs> and when I came wow. out, the gallery was empty. Just me uh, and these smashed up cats. The people yeah. just left. They just left. I mean, oh, so I thought, okay, just buck yourself up. You did it. You tried. And, you know, and there was something I thought for me, there was something in this, this awkwardness. There was, I sort of overdid the uncanny. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I went into the pub and there was a huge roar and said, there he is. And all these people coming around and go, oh, you were so funny. You were like, you know, you really, you know, scared us there. Like, I said, but no one, no, no one, no one made any response. There's no response. Said, yeah. So I said, well, I guess, yeah, just, just silent. Yeah, it, and, and I think that was the most experimental thing I did. And I've never done a performance like that again. I've never put myself into that position. And I still, I still rank at the idea that 
we humans sort of have to toe the line. We have to, we can't, we should be allowed to be Captain Lamb if we want. Um, it's not hurting anyone. <laughs> we should except the cats. Except, oh, except the cats. Yeah, no, and uh, you know that was that was like like thirty English pounds down the drain. <laughs> um, and and funnily enough, it was it was just such an awkward thing. Even the tutors didn't want to talk about it, and they just passed over it. They said to me. We didn't realise you, you were so angry with the world. I thought, not really, it was just that one little thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and that was the only comment. They said, you know, you seemed really angry, you know. Ooh. It's interesting to see the line between what is accepted and, and then just what, what just can't quite be fathomed. And I obviously stepped into the unfathomable. <laughs> um, yeah. After that, actually, I did this big, um, sort of graffiti across the side of my, my my space where I was frustrated between what I had in here that I wanted to say and this this gap in translation uh, before what I actually said and how how clear it is in here and how there's so much interference between the idea being formulated into words or actions and leaving my mouth and entering into someone else's ear or reading it or seeing it how how all that changes so much and there's a, that still frustrates me that 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 I have these these ideas here and I'm not able to uh, you know quite get the the, the 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 message I have inside but then again um, that's you know as an artist we when we when we put something out there we sort of give it up it then becomes something else it's, we we can't keep ownership to it so. Yeah, the, the minute you start producing it, it changes. Yeah, it does 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 change. I mean, I I, I do see creating art as going on a journey. Uh, and even though I might have an, an idea, quite a clear idea, it, it it you know you do something and suddenly this this something you've done suddenly takes over and it becomes you know it takes you in a different direction you weren't first anticipating. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. How important is formal art training to an artist? Um, well, I, I, I found formal art training to be very, very useful for me, but also slightly a double-edged sword, because when I came out of formal education and entered the real world, um, you know, the, I was just surprised at actually how little um, what I was doing and what, what I'd learned actually was practical in the real world but to try and answer your question I think I think education is the most important thing and art education for an artist is useful but not essential but I think yeah. education is essential so if someone wants to be an artist they don't have to go through an art school but they do need to have a passion for learning and education yeah yeah exploration even yeah, exploration. I think could be could be the the, the love child of education and learning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and experimentation and all all those 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 things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not one of these people that think you know that uh, art should just be for for people who went to art school. I think some of the some of the greatest artists we've ever had are self-taught. Um, but I think I think 
um, art school definitely gives you a, a quick way into things and, 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 and gives you certain um, skills and um, ways of thinking about um, problem solving and using language and interaction. And it just opens you to, to, to lots of possibilities. I, I, I imagine someone who's self-taught, it must be a, a really, really hard struggle with, with, with um, maybe even more uh, self-doubt than maybe someone who's been to art school necessarily. Maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's interesting. Uh, I wonder if self-doubt <laughs> is just part of it, no matter what. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it really comes down to her personality, and and maybe whether they're educated or not educated, that maybe self-doubt is not um, is not that. But um, yeah, um, hmm, self-doubt, self-doubt. Uh, I think I think self-doubt can be can be a good break if someone's getting too sort of cocksure of themselves and they think what they're doing is so bloody wonderful. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you need a little bit of self-doubt. And the, the, other, the other side of it, I think, with, 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 with everything in the world, is balance. If you're too, 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 too sort of low confidence, you're, you, know, you, you don't trust in yourself and you, you need to trust in yourself. You've you, you got to expect that people are not going to like it. And you sort of, I mean, I find myself now my age um, not being as worried as I was when I was in my 20s and early yeah. 30s with what people thought of what I was doing. Because I know, I think deeply about what I do and I have a lot of integrity with what I do. Uh, and it's that 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 gets me gets me through um, that that feeling more than than than, than going to art school um, has opened doors for me. That feeling of like I know what I'm doing, uh, even if uh, most people just look like 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 Captain Lamb audience. Uh, <laughs> I know the Captain Lamb thing was right, um, but not necessarily uh, at that moment or at that place or that time or in that order. Um, but you know, maybe Captain Lamb might, might re- re- reoccur. Maybe he he might come back like a phoenix from the ashes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I might sort of <laughs> wear like a sort of much more extravagant Captain Lamb outfit to redeem himself. Redeem himself, and I'll be shrouded <laughs> in a golden fleece. <laughs> <laughs> what tends to be my favorite question. Can you use three to five words to describe your work? <laughs> um, playful. Okay. Thoughtful. That's a good one. Thoughtful. Um, plasticity, in the sense that it's it's not set in one place. You know, yeah. get it from one angle and it appears like one thing, but you look at it from another angle and it's it's moved um, scatty, as in scatterbrain. Scatty, that's great. Um, no, um, is that in in English term? Scatty, yeah, as in being scatty means it's sort of like you know, sort of a, a, a bit, sort of like you know. I suppose it's mu- gently confused or muddled. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it, it's not a negative word. Uh, no, no, it, I, it doesn't sound that way at yeah, all. Um, 
Yes. I just wasn't 100 percent sure. <laughs> and just to very make it very clear that it's nothing to do with scatological or scat. <laughs> which, which <laughs> if if you're not aware of that, when you look it up, you'll see. I don't want to be associated with that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, yes, yeah, scatty or, or, or scatterbrained. And I think the last word I would say is optimistic. Oh, cool. Now I have uh, I have a couple of words if you don't mind. Yeah, please. Now they. They may refer to the works themselves and not as a body of work. Or, okay. But here goes. And I think I'm cheating. I'm using more than three out of five. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, bouquet of gesture. Mm. Unfold. Mm. Ooh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to have to steal some of these off you. <laughs> Swoop. Soup. Yeah. Swoop. How to say? S-W-O-O-P. Oh, uh, S- oh, Swoop. As in, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 mm, yeah. Um, an implied color. Yes, yes. Um, I've got no problems with those. I think, I think, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I like those. I, 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 and, um, especially the implied color. Um, I mean, that was definitely, definitely something. Um, when I was experimenting with the, the limited palette I had. Um, Realised that these, that these these three very straightforward colours I was using were getting a lot of nuance from them just by 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 placing them against different whites or at the reaction by placing them against different um, colours and actually the, the limited palette is not so limited when you consider the amount of um, ways you can sort of combine those patterns. Yeah, like the relationships between mm. two and. Thank you for 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 for. for for noticing that I was uh, yeah that's uh, that means you know sometimes you, you do these things you struggle along in the dark you pop your head above and the, the parapet and sort of look around and uh, you just sort of hope people will realise you are not just there like a like a monkey screaming going, <laughs> whacking the canvas with a brush you know without, <laughs> not a thought in your head just <laughs> it's a bit more than that Occasionally, a thought does pop up, albeit a, <laughs> <laughs> albeit a rather strange and eccentric thought that probably has no practicalities. But uh, yeah, good. Thanks, Bill. Catch catch up with you soon. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Cheers, Thank mate. you for uh, being available. Uh, pleasure, absolute pleasure. Um, okay, bye. Bye bye. This has been Artcast. Thank you from me, your host, Philip J. Mellon. Keep the dialogue going.